theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Let's go ahead and jump into the word of the Lord. I'm ready to preach to you, and I've had you standing long enough. Look at this 63rd Psalm. If you don't have a Bible or a Bible app with you, it's quite all right. We're going to display it on the screen. I'm reading out of the New King James translation today. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. I don't know about you, but it feels good. I see a few hands going up. Praise God. Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just lift up your hands in his name? Praise God. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. And I want to preach this thought with you and to you this afternoon. Testing positive testing positive would you help me pray father we love you we bless you and i just pray that you would have your way for those that are watching online and for those that are gathered here in person i release the gift of faith do whatever you want to do heal whoever you want to heal fill whoever you want to fill renew whoever you want to renew you are god and god all by yourself we give you thanks and praise in jesus name would you clap your hands unto the lord you may be seated Thanks again for joining us today. First, I want to give God praise that we have had zero cases. Let me say that again. Zero cases within the Extraordinary Church family. Praise God. You know, uh, while we've been hosting in-person worship experiences, now we have had a couple of instances, kind of like one and a half, uh, where some people have had to deal with COVID, but we were not meeting in person. And in both of those instances, scenarios were very, very mild. And so I'm thankful. However, at some point for not only those, and maybe for some of you that are here today, you have had to take a test for this global coronavirus pandemic, and you did not want to test positive. Testing positive means that a test result shows that a person has the disease or condition, a biomarker for which the test that's being done. In genetics, a positive test result usually means that a person has a mutation, a change in the gene or chromosome or protein that is being tested. More testing could be needed potentially to make a diagnosis or to make sure that a positive test result is correct. And in this day and age, I don't know about you, but how, I, don't know, I do know about me. How many of you want to test positive? That, yeah. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> I anticipated that. Let me clarify. I'm not talking about testing positive for the coronavirus. 
But when we come through this season, I have made up in my mind that I don't want to come out of this season testing negative. I want to come out of this season testing positive. I'm positive that the Lord is on my side. I'm positive that I've got victory in Jesus Christ. I'm positive that no weapon formed against me is able to prosper. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to declare the word of the Lord in my life. I won't go through another lockdown. I won't go through another coronavirus global pandemic leaving the same way that I came, but I'm going to stand and declare the works of God. I'm going to declare his greatness and his mercy in my life. I'm going to come through declaring I'm positive. That's why extraordinary church we didn't get small we didn't experience attrition when we were going through this second lockdown we experienced growth because it's the will of God that his kingdom grow it's the will of God that people come to know him and I'm telling you we serve a God who's greater than coronavirus we serve a God who's greater than any global pandemic we serve a God that's greater than any economic crisis you may be facing we serve a God who is greater and if you you believe he's greater you ought to give a great God a great praise come on and magnify him come on and bless him come on and declare I'm coming through this thing I'm going to test positive hallelujah praise God it's the truth I'm coming through testing positive look at your neighbor they won't be able to read your lips but say it loud enough so they can hear you I'm testing positive say it again I'm testing positive you know, earlier this week when the province communicated their restrictions, it was a time, there was a time, let me be clear, there was a time that used to get under my skin and under my crawl a little bit because, and just a shout out to all of the EC fam, everybody's modeling extraordinary agility and I'm thankful for all of that. But yes, give yourselves a round of applause. But here's what I want to say. After 14 months in 2020 and all that we've been through, when they made this announcement this week, I wasn't even phased. I'm just glad to be in the house of God today with people that are hungry for the word of God. I don't know about you, but is anybody hungry for the word? By his grace, I've made up my mind when I come through this season. I can speak for myself. What I want to come out of this season with is more faith. Not more negativity, but more of God's love. More of his power. More of his victory in my life. More of a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. More faith to speak to mountains and watch them be removed. I don't know about you, but I believe I'm preaching to a few people that want to stand and declare. I want more of God's power in my life. How many of you want to test positive for victory? Test positive for more faith. Test positive for miracles, signs, and wonders. Test positive for revival. Test positive for the supernatural happening in your life. If you want to test positive, you want to give him a praise that says so. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me just tell you, here's what I know and here's what I have found out to be true in my life. There is absolutely nothing that disrupts the plans and the schemes of the enemy or shifts a negative season and changes it into a positive one. Like learning how to praise God in every situation. See, I'm, I'm talking about learning to give God glory. It's learning how to attract God's manifested presence because when you attract the presence of God, you understand that the impossible becomes possible. See, praise will thaw out the coldest of seasons 
Praise will break the attack of the enemy over your family and over your children. Praise will release joy in your life. I'll tell you what praise does too. Praise will shift the focus off of your situations and put them on to Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you what praise is not. Praise is not the front end of a worship experience like we just had. That's all fine and well, but it's not just a song or two or three, but praise is a lifestyle. Praise is not just a Sunday afternoon event. Praise is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of gratitude and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a lifestyle where you're learning to say, God, I'm going to give you praise anywhere at any time in any moment. And this is no news to you. For any of you all that have read scripture for any period of time, you understand that clearly it wasn't written in English. It was written in three languages, in particular Hebrew, Aramaic, and in Greek. And specifically with Hebrew and in Greek, in many cases, they have several words to describe something where we might have just one word. And in one of those instances is the word praise. We have one word for praise, but in the Hebrew, there are seven. Somebody say seven. There's seven words for the word praise. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today because I want you to understand that praise produces a manifestation of God's power in our lives. It produces breakthrough because when God shows up, then things begin to shift and he shows up in praise. Why does he show up in praise? Because he is a God of his word. He said that he inhabits the praises of Israel. Those are his people. So when you say hallelujah, I want you to know that God dwells in that praise. When you say I love you, Jesus, I want you to know that God is attracted to somebody that will worship him. And I give God praise that we have a room of people that are eager to praise him, glad to praise him, don't need to be controlled, don't need to be manipulated, don't need to be moved to push but all you have to do is think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done in your life your hands get to clapping the feet get to stomping somebody gets to open up their mouth and say my God my God I look back over my life and I think things over I can't help but declare God you've been good to me will somebody say he's been good Give him a praise that says so. Give him a thank you. Give him an I love you. Let him know he's a good God. Hallelujah. I'm going to unpack this, but before I unpack this, what I love about the 63rd Psalm is I want to give you some insight because David is writing this particular psalm. He did not write them all, but he was a remarkable author, in particular a musician, and he writes something, and here's where I think we can all relate to this in some place, because David was destined, he has been handpicked from God, handpicked by God, excuse me, overlooked by man. We've all been there where people have overlooked us, and people didn't think we would amount to much, and people had their own plans for our lives, but can I tell you, God does have a purpose for your life. God does have a plan for your life, and you don't have to fulfill the plan. I'm not telling you that mom and dad or whomever don't want something good for you but I'm telling you God has got you and David could relate because everybody in the community overlooked David even his own mom and dad and siblings overlooked him but God said this is the man that I have chosen who was after my own heart he had been anointed and destined to be king here he's already slain Goliath and he's experiencing this meteoric rise only to find himself in the wilderness it seemed that he was in a season 
where he was who he was or where he was and who he was wasn't in harmony. Let me say it that way. I don't know about you, but hopefully, see, what I'm trying to explain is he was anointed to be king, but he's living in a wilderness. What do you do when who you are, where you are, and who you are, are in conflict? What do you do when, when you, you know, you, you're more than where you are? You're more than perhaps who you are at that moment. What do you do when you know you're ready? See, David is right there. He's anointed to be king, but he's living in the wilderness. It's not a crown that's on top of his head. The only thing that's covering him is the shadow of a cave. He's not a king in everybody's eyes yet. And as a matter of fact, some might call him a coward. What do you do when you know your call is greater, but you seem to be trapped in a wilderness place? What do you do when your potential does not line up with where you are in life? What do you do when you're ready for the promotion, you're ready for the next level, you're ready for the job, you know you're anointed, you know you're appointed, you know you're ready for the ministry, you know you're ready for that relationship, and yet you find yourself in a wilderness season. Has anybody ever been there? I'm glad I got a few people that'll be honest with themselves. You know, we're not trying to play fake church, if you will, so you can be real here at Extraordinary Church. But have you ever faced a time when you've looked and said what I'm called to be and where I am doesn't appear to line up. It's in that moment when you know that you're made for more. If you're not careful, negativity will creep in. I'm trying to help somebody today. The negativity of the season, if you're not careful, will set you up and sabotage you and swallow your future and perhaps your destiny. This is why you have to be careful. Don't allow the negativity of this global pandemic to swallow up your dreams. Don't allow the negativity of this coronavirus to swallow up your purpose. Don't allow the negativity of this coronavirus to deter or discourage your faith. Because if you do, it will cause you to give up prematurely. This is why you got to be careful who you hang with and who you listen to. You have, if you're not careful, it will cause you to wave the white flag and you'll surrender, giving up on your family, giving up on your children, giving up on your ministry, and perhaps even giving up on the promises of God. If you're not careful, it will cause you to give up on who God has called you to be. But I believe I'm preaching to a bunch of people in this room who understand they can learn something from the Word of God. I want to share this with you. Listen to what David said. He said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. In other words, he was saying, this season hasn't changed who you are God this season hasn't shifted what you're able to do you can still do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think according to the power that works in me in other words, just because I haven't been healed doesn't mean that you can't heal me. Just because I haven't broken through yet doesn't mean that I will not break through. You are still God and very specifically or possessively, you are my God. Now hear what he says here. I want you to catch this because there's three things in particular just in that first verse of this psalm that he shares. He says, I seek you. I thirst for you. I long for you. 
See, David said this. He said, I seek you and I seek you early. In other words, see, the word seeker is the idea of seeking God first. Early means he's prioritizing his day and his life. God is number one in his life. And one of the ways that you're going to get through this season and come out in faith and a bunch of positivity is understanding that God, hear me, God is not your last resort. He is your first priority. You know what? Who do you call when things go wrong? Who do you call when you got good news? Hear me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you you can't celebrate with family and loved ones. But the first one you should give thanks to is Jesus Christ. The, you know what? The last person you should be thinking about is not the Lord. He should be the first one. David is saying, hey, I'm going to seek you. We don't use God as a last resort. We call upon the name of the Lord right away. And what David was saying, hear me, David's highest pursuit was not escaping the desert. David's highest pursuit was not trying to get out of the coronavirus. Our highest pursuit should not be to how can we get out of this? I need you to hear me. Your highest pursuit should be to know him. This is what David is saying. He goes on, you know what? He was not even interested or obsessed at this point with getting the crown, even though he had already been anointed to be king. He wasn't, he wasn't obsessed with possession. You know what he was obsessed with? Knowing him. I know you've been called to do great things. I believe that. I believe I'm preaching to a bunch of world changers who are dripping in destiny and are poised to turn their world upside down. But you better understand this first. Know the one who called you first. Know the one who woke you up this morning. Know the one who put breath in your body. I don't know about you, but I want to know him. I'm glad I know you, but I'm obsessed with knowing him. He is the lover of my soul. He is the bright and morning star. He is the lily of my valley. He is the prince of peace and the rose of Sharon. And I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him. See, nothing will give you focus. Nothing will give you focus and realize. Let me put it to you this way. Nothing will give you alignment. <sighs> like prioritization when you begin to pursue him that's why he said seek ye first the kingdom of God if you want to know where you are with God evaluate your pursuit of God that's just it you want to know where you are then just evaluate your pursuit of God and see here's what I've decided I'm not just going to seek healing I'm going to seek the healer don't just seek the breakthrough, but seek the one who gives the breakthrough. Don't just seek the blessing. See, pursue the blesser. I'm not trying to help hurt anybody here or upset anybody, but you know, God is not some cosmic genie. You just don't rub him three times to get what you want or the only time you want to holler at God or like on a weekend thing is when you need something. He is God all by himself and he knows the path that we take and he knows what's best for us. Can I tell you, trust him, pursue him and know him. 
I believe I'm reaching to some people that are in this place today that understand man can't do what you need them to do. Your boo can't fix it. Your bae can't change it. A man can't save it. A woman can't heal it. A man can't rearrange it. A woman can't transform it. But you have got to get your purpose set to go after Jesus Christ. I'm trying to help you today, but here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes we get so excited about what God has done for us. Never let what God does for you become more important than who he is to you. Never let what God does for you become more important than who he is to you. Because then you'll get caught up in seeking the hand of God. In other words, what he's able to do when we understand that his abilities are limitless and vast. But I don't want to just seek the hand of God. I want to seek the heart of God. I want to know him. David said this, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water see this Hebrew word for thirst is not a normal kind of like I just got finished running you know I run almost every day and sometimes I can shower first and then I'll drink some water depending upon how long I run I'm not talking about that kind of thirst this is a desperate thirst this hear me is a suffering thirst it's I have to have a drink of water or I'm going to die type thirst. It's a cracked lip thirst. It's a desert dry mouth thirst. David said, if I don't get a drink of your presence, I will not survive. If I don't get a drink of your presence, I will not make it. I'm telling you right now, some of you thought you were going to lose your mind, but when you got in his presence... Some of you are ready to give up, but when you got in his presence. Some of you are ready to throw on the towel, but you got in his presence. Some of you are ready to give up on that relationship, but you got in his presence. Some of you are ready to abandon the promises of God, but you got in his presence. Can I tell you there's something about being in the presence of the king? It changes everything. And if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and give him praise. If the reality is this, if we're willing to be brutally transparent and honest with ourselves, maybe we'll just acknowledge that we're, we're being thirsty for the wrong things. Maybe we're being thirsty for physical pleasure. Maybe we're being thirsty for validation and affirmation. Maybe we're being thirsty for money or, you know, whatever type of acclaim it might be in your workforce or career or academics. Maybe you've been thirsty for status, but if you ever mess around, and get thirsty for God. I don't know about you, but I do know about this man right here. I'm going to call myself young. I believe it. I'm thirsty for the things of God. I'm thirsty for revival. Not only am I thirsty for revival, I want to be revival. I'm thirsty for breakthrough. I'm thirsty for miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm thirsty for an outpouring of his spirit. I'm thirsty for him to shake everything that can be shaken. I'm thirsty to be in a place that can see the black, the white, the yellow, and the brown on worshiping God. I'm thirsty to be in a place 
where demographics don't matter and politics don't matter. I'm thirsty to be in a place where everybody is welcome and the power of God will show up. I'm thirsty to be in a place where the greater Toronto area will be a place where people will know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I'm thirsty to see a breakthrough in this day. And if you're ready for that, you want to clap your hands and give Him praise. Hallelujah. I'm thirsty. And hear me. Hear me as we get ready to go back in to this lockdown. This third lockdown. I told the one o'clock. I remember when they said, hey, 15 days to slow the spread. Here we are almost 15 months later. But let me tell you. You want to know how to get through this? Stay thirsty. Stay thirsty for his presence. See, you, you want to know why we didn't, and it's God, but you want to know why we didn't get smaller or experience attrition? Because we got people that are thirsty. Listen, if you didn't experience it on Wednesday night, thirsty. The supernatural. Can I just tell you, I know we're not going to be able to meet in person for however long, you know what? But even throughout, I'm declaring God's still going to move. I'm telling you right now, revival will happen in your home. I believe that. I believe your prayer life is going to be deeper. I believe your walk with God is going to be tighter. I believe your relationships that matter are going to be stronger. I'm telling you, God is going to keep you. And we are going to come through this thing testing positive. I want you to hear me. Listen, here's what the enemy thinks, and here's what God knows. The enemy thinks that negative seasons will destroy you. But God knows that the negative seasons make you thirsty. See, I've thought about that. When I've gone through my wilderness seasons, the times that I've dealt with problems I couldn't solve, and the devil said, oh, this will cause him to be defeated. It will cause him to give up. But the very thing that manifested itself against me to make me dry and to make me die was the thing that made me thirsty for him. Got my praise to another level. The very thing that the enemy tried to introduce, the very thing that he thought would break my back, actually caused me to fall on my knees and lift my hands. The very thing that he intended to be my destruction is the very thing that caused me to have more faith in him. I'm telling you right now, it's not enough just to be thirsty, but we must maintain our thirst for the right things. Praise God. Listen, listen, when we get this and we understand that God is fixing to move, I'm thankful I'm preaching to a people who are thirsty for a move of God, who are desperate for things in 2021, who are desperate for something other than church as normal. Can I just tell you, the Christianity that we preach is a biblical Christianity. And the biblical Christianity that I preach, Pastor Mateo, I'm not saying other people don't preach it because they're preaching it all over the world. But this Christianity is for everybody. 
everybody. It's for the Muslim. It's for the Sikh. It's for the Hindu. It's for the Buddhist. It's for the agnostic. It's for the people that don't believe. It's for the Catholic. Can I tell you? It's for the educated and uneducated. It's for the rich. It's for the poor. This biblical Christianity, spirit-filled Christianity, is the will of God. And it's for everybody to experience the power of a living God. He's alive and he is well. Is anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost and power? I don't know about you, but when I think about the fact that I've been filled with this spirit, it changed everything in my life. I no longer walk the same way. I no longer talk the same way. I no longer think the same way. I'm no longer interested in the same things. Why? Because I was once dead, but now I've been made alive because his spirit lives in me. I was once bound by all types of things, but I've been set free. I'm telling you, I haven't been re-educated. I haven't been rehabilitated. I haven't been reformed, but I've been recreated by the Spirit of a living God. Praise God. So, hear me. He said, I long for you. He said, my flesh longs for you. In other words, what he's saying is, I can't get you off my mind. Now, you shouldn't have anybody telling you. But before, I still do it now too, but I could be gone and I'd be 15, 20 minutes. I call, call my wife and I'm like, man, what are you doing? Why? Because I'm wondering, I'm thinking about her. Can't get her off my mind. I don't need to repeat it, praise God. But I would tell her that. Thank you, Pastor Barry. I appreciate it. You know, David was saying, I can't get you off my mind. I'm thinking about you. I'm interested in knowing you more. I want to hear your voice. I want to be in connection with you. See, this speaks of his attitude, his mindset. And if you're going to, hear me, if you're going to take test positive in this negative world, you need to understand this reality. You can't have a negative mind and a faith-filled life. See, David said, I long for you. In other words, you're on my mind. See, if you're constantly thinking negative, then you're going to have a negative life. I'm, and, and let me be clear, I'm not talking about positive thinking. I preached on that before. Don't get me wrong, positive thinking is a good place to start, but I'm talking about meditating on the Word of God. Positive thinking won't deliver you. Positive thinking won't, 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 won't change your life and pick you up out of the, your mess, but the Word of God will. David said, I long for you. This is why the Bible says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, you can't have a negative mind and a faith-filled life. You can't have a dirty mind and a clean life. You can't have a defeated mind and a victorious life. That's why you've got to renew your thinking. That's why you've got to get rid of this thinking, thinking. I used to be a negative Nancy, but I got into the word of God and I said, God, help me with this. Deliver me from this. I began to meditate on his word. I began to speak his word. So stop thinking you're going down and get your mind on Jesus and declare you're going up. 
Stop thinking you're going to be defeated, but declare his word. You are more than a conqueror. Stop thinking you're going to die and declare that you're going to live and to see the salvation of the Lord. Stop thinking your children are going to be lost and stop declare and start declaring. Not only are they going to be born again, but they're going to be mighty for the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop declaring these negative things and dwelling on these negative things and open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. See, what I want you to understand is whatever you are and whatever you are in the process of becoming is directly linked to how and what you are thinking. So let me flip the script for you. You can't have a clean mind and a dirty life. You can't have a victorious mind and a defeated life. You can't have a faith-filled mind and a negative life. I'm declaring right now in the name of Jesus a faith-filled mind over you, a mind that celebrates victory. I'm breaking the shackles of restriction that have been put over you by this spirit of coronavirus, but I'm declaring the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm declaring his hope. I'm declaring his joy, which is unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you, your mind is going to be renewed. And if you're ready for that, you ought to give God praise. Keep your mind on what matters. Keep your mind on what matters. Give him a praise. Give him a right praise. Give him a right praise. Hallelujah. You are blessed and not cursed. You will have joy and you are not defeated. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Praise is the key. Praise is the key. See, you got to keep your praise right. You got you to keep your praise right. See, there's something about, it's, it's something about when your praise is right. And the way it just flows. See, David came through this wilderness, this trial, and made it with victory because he understood praise is the key. See, David actually used two different Hebrew words for praise. And each one of them is so powerful. I don't know that I'm going to have an opportunity to unpack it all, but here's what I do want you to know. We have one English word for praise, but there are many, like I mentioned, in Hebrews. And so here's what he says. He says, oh, I need you to hear me. Look at verse 60 or verse 3 of Psalm 63. He says, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Can we just be real? Sometimes life stinks. I'm glad I got five of you, praise God. But my confidence is this. Your loving kindness is better than life. Sometimes life is hard, but God is still good. Sometimes I face things, but God is still good. Sometimes I go through seasons I don't like, but God is still good. So here's what David says. He says this, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. In other words, he said, I command my lips to praise you. I tell my mouth to praise you. My mouth, I tell it what to do, and it opens up and it gives you glory. See, some of us have been caught in our own mouth traps. Here's what you, you got to ask yourself, are you running your mouth? Or is your mouth running you? So David said, I want to focus on this first word. He said, because. Look, because it means for this reason, 
The word is exclusively used to introduce a word or phrase that stands for a clause expressing an explanation or reason. So let me help you out. I'm going to praise you because. David said, I'm praising you because your loving kindness is better than life. I praise you because you've been good to me. I praise you because you've been a miracle worker and a way maker. Don't ever let somebody stand in the way of your praise. You have a reason to praise the Lord. Here's what I've come to ask Extraordinary Church during our 3 p.m. worship experience. Does anybody have a because type of praise? Why are you clapping your hands? Because. Why are you shouting? Because. Why are you standing? Because. Why are you a tither? Because. Why are you a giver? Because. Why are you a singer? Because. Why are you a crier? Because. Why are you a runner? Because. Why are you kneeling on your knees? Because. Why are you still declaring his word over your life? Because. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, when I think of when he delivered me, when I think of how he healed me, when I think of how he saved me, when I think of how he spared me, when I think of how we're still here, I have to give him a because type praise. Will somebody give him a because type praise in this house? Not based on how I feel, not based on how much money I have, but because he is God all by himself. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to give you a moment. I'm going to give you a moment. This might be uncomfortable for you, but can I just tell you, you'll never get somewhere giving God a cute praise. I'll, I'll never forget. Now, I, I, I got over myself a long time ago, so I love all y'all, but I could care less. I mean, I, I want you to think well of me. I want you to be like Pastor Kill, and he got a big head, but he okay. But if you're like, why he always got to run, hoop, holler? Why he got to shout, be so energetic? Because his loving kindness is better than life. Because his loving kindness is better than your opinion of me. Because his loving kindness is better than the money I have in the bank account. Because his loving kindness, oh my God, I need somebody to help me, is better than the coronavirus pandemic I'm going through. Because what he's done, because his loving kindness, you ought to give him a praise, and I ain't talking about a cute praise. Honey, if you can't run, you ought to jump. And if you can't jump, you ought to shout. And if you can't shout, you ought to holler. And if you can't holler, you better kneel. And if you can't kneel, you better lift your hands. And if you can't lift your hands, you better cry. And if you can't cry, you better do something. But bless ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him worship. Come on and give him the glory. Praise God. So here's the thing. Now, we often think as spiritual Christians, like, oh, I just gave God a two-second praise. I'm good. But let me show you what David uses here. Let me just, let me just put this in your spirit. You can be seated. That's okay. I want you to hear this. 
he uses the word and what I love about David he had a strategy now oftentimes the reason why I believe God said that David was a man after his own heart was not just because he was repentant and contrite and broken uh, but David starts with God See, he, he didn't make him his second choice, his third choice, his tenth choice. He starts with God. He starts with him. Like the nation of Israel was paralyzed for 40 days. David showed up in a matter of moments. He's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? <laughs> See, the reason is because the Israelites didn't start with God. They were fixated on the natural. Like, well, who can fight this Goliath? David started with God, and he was like, who can defeat my God? He wasn't even considering Goliath or his stature. He wasn't even concerned. That's why he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Not predicated upon the stature or the ability of the Philistine. It was indicative of who his God is. And he knew what he could do. So he starts with God. And this is why God, I believe, said that David is a man after my own heart. So David is a man of strategy, and his strategy is to start with God. You want to come through this thing testing positive? Start with God. So he uses the word, hear me, we get ready to land this plane. He uses the word, that usually means we're going to take off. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. But look, he says, he uses the word Shabbat. Now hear me, the word Shabbat means to pronounce, to announce, and to remain in praise. See, when you praise the Lord, you're making an announcement. You're announcing that God is able. You're announcing that God is worthy. David is declaring things here that are so powerful to me. He said it doesn't just have to be, he's not just announcing, he's making a pronouncement. And then what he's saying is, I'm going to remain in praise. In other words, he's saying, God, you've been good. God, you are good. And you will be good. You made a way before. You're a way maker now. And you'll continue to make a way. That's why I'm not going to allow this wilderness to steal my praise. That's why you won't allow this coronavirus lockdown to steal your praise. Maybe you don't have everything that you thought you'd have now, but don't let it steal your praise. God has still been good. God has still kept you. Is there anybody that's thankful today for a God who keeps us? So let me just tell you, it's easy right now. It's easy right now for us to praise God on a Sunday. You know, we got our EC fam here and those watching online. We're like, man, praise God, I'm going to worship. But hell ain't terrified over people that worship on Sundays. But you want to strike fear in the enemy? Learn to praise him on Monday. Learn to praise him when the headlines come out on Tuesday. And then you'll give hell a headache. You really want to turn hell's world upside down? Keep praising him on Wednesday. And then on Thursday when you don't feel good, say, thank you, Jesus. I still give you the glory. Friday is coming. Blessed be the Lord. He is my rock and my refuge. In him alone will I trust. Come Saturday, I will extol thee and exalt thee because there is no God.
Sunday, but you're going to praise him in your living room. You're going to shout in your living room. You're going to dance in your living room. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him worship. Praise God. I want us to stand. I love this, and then we're done. Sarah, come on up. Get ready, baby. Look at what David says. Verse 5, 6. I'm just going to skip it. Go right to verse 6. He says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Some of us just got to remember. David said, when I go to sleep and I remember you, I can't, I can't shake it. I'm fascinated. I'm obsessed. So you and what you do is my magnificent obsession. See, sometimes for us, we develop spiritual amnesia. This is why David didn't say, when I remember what you did for me. He said, I remember you. I meditate on you. See, when you remember who he is, when you remember he's the lover of your soul, when you remember he was the one, when nobody else wanted to touch you, and everybody else wanted nothing to do with you, and everybody else had abandoned you and given up on you and thought you were a whack job, he said, come here. When everybody else said you were used goods, when everybody else said you're an underachiever, you're a misfit, you don't fit, God said, come here. Remember. Remember who he is. Remember what he delivered you from. Remember. Somebody's remembering. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you remember. See, all of a sudden you get to a place. <laughs> if you would just remember. Come on, she's not the only one. There's a few more people in here that remember. That remember. That will lift their hands and cry out. God, I remember. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep worshiping God. My wife's going to sing a song. If you don't know it, don't worry about it. Just remember and begin to give him praise. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. Extraordinary Church. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.